Hello world, kia ora Aotearoa, welcome into your Friday morning of sport. What can I smell? The weekend. And I smell some big sporting stories to discuss with you around New Zealand, around the world, wherever you may be. Welcome into Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Daniel McCarty in the chair once more for our uh, wonderful Israel Dag, who is in France, of course. Our number, and make sure you use it today. Why would you not? 0800-150-811. You can text the show on the Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight double three. Gee, we've got a big show for you. Don't worry, Kempi's here. He's a man of the people. He's on the road. We'll hear from him in just a second. Let me give you a lay of the land firstly with international cricket. Uh, the lay of the land is at Raul Pundi. Uh, after about a 20-minute shower, uh, the drainage at that ground sucks. There looks like there are a number of lakes on the outfield. I don't think we're going to get much more cricket, it would seem, from my rather uneducated perspective with uh, regard to Roel Pundi's training um, at that ground. New Zealand were on the cusp of a record total at the ground. Um, Well positioned with uh, six balls, seven balls remaining in their innings. This is the fourth T20 International, uh, Pakistan leading the series by two to one. We're 164 for five. Mark Chapman, 71 off 42, not out. The guy's unstoppable. He scored about 180 runs this series, got out once, strike rate of 150. He's a little butte, uh, the left-hander. He's had a fantastic uh, series, so we'll continue to follow that. Uh, as far as uh, guests coming up on the show, Fight for Life, that is huge this weekend now, is it not? Uh, over the next week or so, and there was a press conference yesterday. We sent, uh, sent down our intrepid reporter, a man who looks like he could go 12 rounds with anyone. Uh, Ricardo Ball uh, spoke with uh, former Sevens great DJ Forbes, who takes on Xiaomi Farmawina, let's not forget that one. So we'll play that interview after 7 o'clock. David Choate drops by to drop some knowledge on the Wellington Phoenix big game against Winston Sydney Wanderers tonight, hunting a playoff appearance. That's from 9 o'clock, full coverage right here on SCNZ. Don't forget that. So Choate joins us after 8 o'clock. Jamie McKinnon uh, talks uh, Alexandra Park Harness Racing with us. He is the club president. Looking forward to uh, uh, hearing his dulcet tones. And the Warriors... And the All Blacks. How many people have played for them? Mm, I wonder why we need to discuss this. Sir John Kerwin has. Sir John Kerwin will no doubt uh, offer some very insightful and um, strong opinions when it comes to the big news of the day that uh, broke, what, just what, 11, 11 hours ago? Roger Tuovasashek is... He's coming home, is he not, Kempi? He's heading back to the NRL, to the One New Zealand Warriors. Good morning to your friend. Where are you, firstly, mate? Where are you? Mate. Mate, good morning. Good morning, Dan. Yes, uh, I'm on the road. I've got a family uh, event to attend this weekend and uh, just headed out uh, back actually on Sunday. So I'll be back in the studio with you on Monday. But the news coming out of Auckland last night that RTS is signed to come back to the Warriors is, uh, I think, probably the biggest news that we've had in this country since Chris Wood signing for the Phoenix. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, mate, look, it's... I think from from Roger's point of view, it's uh, it's a need that he's seen. I reckon over the last twelve months with the the changing of the competition and the way that it's been expansive and exciting um, post COVID. Uh, really surprising that he hasn't taken the easy option to get another five or six years out of playing rugby in Japan, because uh, you know at at thirty coming back to the Warriors for a couple of years. We're gonna we're gonna at least get a chance to see Roger Tuivasa-Sheck run around again in the game of rugby league, but um, it's it's really a, the question around how long is it going to take him to adapt back to rugby league from rugby union? Because there's de- definitely a, a question mark around that as well. 
Uh, your initial reaction, I, I'm assuming you probably weren't shocked that he returns to the NRL, M- maybe at, you know, announcing it in April with so much water to go under the bridge, uh, but, but from my perspective, I look, I look back at what he has done in rugby, and he's, he's in a real fight to, to go to a World Cup, which has, of, of course, got to be at the top of his thinking as far as desire uh, of things to achieve. Um, will he crack a 33-man squad? I'm not sure. That midfield uh, sort of scenario is quite um, heavily littered, isn't it, Kempe? Barrett, Yawani, Havili, Jack Goodhue's back from injury, Leonard Brown, Quintupaya, they've all got plenty of experience in international footy. Billy Proctor, Thomas Umanga Jensen are, are fast comers. Heck, even Levi Amor uh, from Moana Pacifica hasn't uh, announced which side he will play for. So what, did he? do you think he, he sensed, what, writing on the wall, the tea leaves, or is it more about wanting to just get back to rugby league that it is, it's a, it's a better product and more suited to him? Look, I think Dan is a, is a bit of both, really. I think, you know, you'd have to say that with Razor coming in, a, a, a conversation's probably had about the makeup of what his all-black team looks like. Um, and you'd be naive to think that Roger and his team haven't spoken to Razor about that. And I wouldn't be surprised if the same is been had with uh, the lead into the World Cup this year that Roger's probably um, listed down, like you said, on, on on a few of those other outside backs. My my take on this, Dan, um, straight away is that the rugby union have got this wrong right from the get-go. They should never have played him at second 5-8. They should have started him out wide on the wing, possibly give him a look at full-back um, if need be, but to use him up as a battering ram in, in at second 5-8 was just a waste of talent. Uh, we know that he's got great footwork, uh, but when you've got a defensive line that's basically a metre away from you every time you get in the football, even Roger Tuivasa-Shek has found it hard to adapt into that game. Coming back to rugby league, though, you know, there's not too many... When you're talking about beating players, there's not too many players with the natural ability that go out there and just play rugby league. You know, most of them are robots these days. They're big, fit men that are told which lines to run, um, which holes to hit, as opposed to throwing the football to someone like a Roger, Joey Manu, a James Tedesco, uh, Latrell Mitchell-type player, and they can absolutely just tear teams apart. So, you know, when you when you look at what Roger can do to a 10-metre defensive line, man, I'm really excited. I think I think signing-wise for the Warriors, and, and one of the weakest areas in our, our club is in the outside backs. And I think that's where Roger goes to. I think he goes straight back into a centre position. Um, I think he plays a, a similar role to what Joey Manu does at, at Sydney City, where he gets a bit of a free range. You know, he pops up at fullback. He pops up in that sixth position as a sweeper. He gets to flow around both sides of the field um, because he's just a natural footballer. And I can see Roger sort of doing that part of um, the role for the Warriors is what Joey Manu does for Sydney City. Yeah, players who make defenders miss, as I often describe it as, make a player miss on defence are just worth their weight in gold. And, and that guy in space, and this sort of goes to your point about where he was played in rugby union, it, it sort of didn't make sense. And I don't think uh, many people out there would probably disagree with you on that front, uh, Kim P. I, I, for one, always naturally thought of 15 or 14 or 11 uh, was the place that you stick in and give them some time. Uh, he hasn't had a whole heap of time, but by my math and discretion of eyes, maths involved, uh, only 25 games of footy. Um, when you count 15 appearances for the Blues, six games for Auckland, three Test matches, uh, and one game for the All Blacks 15. It's not a, it's not a massive sample size. In those three Test matches, two were substitution appearances where he played about 10 minutes, um, and he got 70 minutes against Japan. 
Um, yeah, so 90 minutes of Test rugby is played. Um, you know, it's heck of an achievement to be a dual international as he is. So, um, you know, the really nasty people will say he's a flop in rugby, but it's uh, more about, you know, recognising uh, where's my worth. And, and, and his stock is still very high in the NRL and rugby league circles, right, Kempe, uh, even though he's been out of the game for a little bit. There's a, there's a couple of parts to that question, Dan. You know, like the first one, I think every NRL club at 7 o'clock last night when the Warriors announced that Roger Tuivasa-Shek was coming home are kicking themselves that they weren't in the in the argument. Because as we know, talent... Look at Jack White, and apparently he's, he's, he's possibly signed a contract with Sells. The Dolphins have come in real late to try and steal them from under, underneath the, the noses of South Sydney. And, of course, you've got Canberra at the back because they know that players of Jack White's calibre are just so far and few between. So from an NRL perspective, I think all the NRL clubs are kicking themselves this morning going, why weren't we part of that conversation? And the second part of that, and I've read the, the doomsdayers about Roger Tuivasa-Shek, come on, he got a black jersey. Now, you tell me any other league player that can come back, be thrown into a 12 jersey like Roger had been and get himself an all-black jersey. Now, there'll be people say, well, he got picked because he was Roger Tuivasa-Shek. Well, I don't, I don't believe that. I, look, I think what he's achieved, you've got to take your hat off to him. He went back with a vision to make the All Blacks. He's done that. He's a dual international. We can't take that away from him. No one is ever going to be able to take that away from him. Um, but I just think that they've missed the boat with putting Roger in that 12 jersey. Like, like you said, Dan... 11, 14, 15, where he gets the ball. You know, they're talking about his kicking game. Mate, I know a lot of people in rugby that can't kick a football. Um, but Rod, you know, none of them have the, the open space running like Roger does. And I just thought he ne was never, ever given that chance of, um, I guess, showing what he could do in the 11, especially the 11 or the 14 jersey. So, mate, I'm a I, like, I don't really care. I'm happy that he's coming back to the rugby league. <laughs> I can see... <laughs> I can I can see that what that Roger coming back and playing a more mature role as an outside back. We we all know at the Warriors that the area we're struggling is outside backs. You know that Charles Nickel Clockstead's got that number one jersey tied up for two a couple more years. He's a marquee signing. He ain't going anywhere um, from that fullback position. What great cover to have if Roger does have to go there if Chance is um, injured. But to have him playing in that role like Joey Manu in the centres. Mate, I can't wait for that game when Joey Manu comes up against Roger Tuivasa-Shek. What, what a mouth-watering um, experience that's going to be. And just from this text there from Mark, you know, don't worry about what, what happened yesterday with the signing. What about South Sydney last night? Seriously, Mark, that had to be close to the game of the year. And um, just quietly, we picked that one, Dan. That South would get up against Penrith. They got the wobbles. And, uh, yep, they're one of my finalists later on for the year, and they looked like it last night, too, when they ran it down in the 78th minute. Uh, in fairness, Kempe, you got that right. You got that right. I think even by the, the correct margin, I, I said it was a toss of a coin game, six points either way. I was trying to, you know, straddle the basin reserve picket fence before finally going uh, the Panthers in the end. So I, I bow down to you on this occasion. Uh, so you've heard the thoughts of Kempe. Uh, what about you? Um, our can't wait question of the day, and this is surely your calling today. Surely your calling today. We will take your calls wherever possible. 0800 150 811. 
Uh, give us a holler. We would love to get your reaction on the Kennards Hire phone line. What is your reaction to the news that Roger Tuivasa-Shek is turning his back on rugby, returning to rugby league and rejoining the One New Zealand Warriors? Uh, feel free to join us at any stage. Go on, give us a call now if you want. 0800-150-811. You could also text us on double eight double three on the temper bed poster text machine. Uh, Tim writes here, Benji was a flop, RTS was not. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I think those, you know, critics of him in a rugby uh, circle might have had um, their opinion sort of coloured by expecting a guy to who was at the height of the NRL to just transpose uh, himself at the height of another sport. Uh, I, I had lower, much lower expectations. Um, uh, guy who was, what, 27, 28 years of age, uh, I never felt like he had a lot of runway, a lot of runway to get this right, that, that he would have to hit the ground running. And when you're at the, the later stages of your career, um, you know, you hear the, talk, the clock ticking a little bit louder, don't you, Kempe? And uh, I, I just think he's looked 15, 16 months down the line going, yeah, my market value's over there. That sport's humming along. Difficult uh, time in New Zealand rugby, although the midfield is quite congested. That's where they see me. I'm better off. I'm better off returning to what I know and what I know I can do very well. But you're you're telling me he's going to play centre. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Look, I I, I guarantee you he's going to play centre. I don't think he's going to take that number one jersey off chance being a, a marquee player at fullback. And I'd much rather throw Roger in the centres than throw Chance in there. I think I think uh, Rogers played a lot of outside backs at Sydney City. Won a grand final and in that position out there um, would slot quite easily into that role in rugby league. You know, it's really interesting, Dan, that you make um, those calls and around heading back. Like, the question really has to be asked, like, what happens to the salary cap, but what happens to some of the marquee players? Like, you've got Sean Johnson still to be signed, Mon- um, Marcelo Montoya. Uh, you know, there's a couple of outside um, back rowers that are still being, being uh, looked at. But what also happens to the the, the likes of Adam Pompey and 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 uh, young centres coming through Valia when you've got Roger now taking up one of those marquee spots out there in the in the three and the four, um, possibly the two and the five jersey. So I think weeks ahead are going to be really interesting. Um, but yeah, it is it is done. The deal's done. Roger's coming home. I think Andrew Webster just with what he's achieved in the last seven weeks is really um, attacked this one well with, with negotiating with Roger. Roger can obviously see some really good things happening at the club. And, and to be honest, I'm as surprised as everyone else. I thought at his age, Roger's body would have been suited to just, I guess, playing as much um, rugby for as long as possible, picking up as much as he c- could financially. But he obviously still has some goals in the NRL. And who better to do that with, with the Warriors? Because I think... One thing and one regret that Roger would have is that he left under a cloud. Um, he yes. didn't re- really get to achieve what he wanted to achieve at the Warriors. And possibly he sees the future at the Warriors as a chance to maybe get in there and uh, get through the finals and, and even contend for a grand final. So, you know, it wouldn't have been a decision he made overnight. There's talk he was talking since December. So, you know, we're talking nearly May, five months later, he's come up with an answer. And I'm so happy he's coming back to the Warriors. 
So he'll uh, wrap up his time on this deal in his age 33 years, so he could still go uh, for one of those cushy junkets uh, you're uh, suggesting. Uh, Kimby, 33, um, you know, athletes provide, and his body hasn't always um, held up over the last couple of years especially. Um, you know, he still might be able to, to do that, but uh, clearly uh, unfinished business, not only with the one New Zealand Warriors, but in the NRL as well. Uh, hey, what say you? 0800 150 811. Give us a call on the Kennard's Hire phone line or text us, double eight double three. And there's so many ways you could uh, look at this uh, from, whether it's what position he plays at the Warriors. How do you judge his time in rugby, knowing well, he still has a bit of rugby to play, of course. But what's your reaction overall to the news? Uh, RTS returning uh, to Rugby League and rejoining the One New Zealand Warriors is our can't-wait question of the day. So John Kerwin will be our major voice a little bit later in the programme. After 8 o'clock, we'll talk to him um, about all sides of this debate. He is very well positioned, having played, of course, for the Warriors and the All Blacks as well. Uh, Mark writes here, uh, I'm glad RTS is coming back to the Waz uh, and not those dirting, cheating Roosters. Good on you, Mark. Shots fired. Fantastic stuff. It's 20 minutes after 6 o'clock. You are listening to Daniel and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Go and join us. We really, really want to hear from you today.